Welcome to FitChicks Chat, the podcast dedicated to fitness, nutrition, wellness, and mindset. For more information on FitChicks Academy and our upcoming fitness and nutrition expert certification, as well as our holistic nutrition weight loss coaching certifications, please visit fitchicksacademy.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of FitChicks Chat. My name is Laura Jackson. And I'm Amanda Quinn. And on today's episode, we are talking about protein powders. Yeah. I'm excited for this episode. I feel like we haven't done kind of one of these, I don't know, like not educational because we're always talking about different things to educate on, but just really diving into, you know, something that a lot of people are talking about. We always talk about protein powders, but it's one of these areas that I get so many questions on. Mm -hmm. So from students or from clients, they're always, what is a good protein powder? What is a protein powder? What I've heard about, you know, pea protein. What is that? Right? Like there's so many questions around it. So we thought we're going to do a little podcast called protein powders demystified. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about both animal-based proteins and vegan-based protein. Cause that's another big question that's always coming out is, you know, I'm a vegan what should I be having? So I think that this is going to be a really fun one. Yeah, no, I think that, and I like the word demystify because I do think that there's like this huge question mark when it comes to protein powder and how do I find a good quality protein powder? What makes it a good quality? What makes it good for me? Um, you know, cause if you go into a store, so say you go into like a supplement store or something like that, or a natural health food store, you're going to see like this wall of protein and you're just like, okay, which one do I start with? Where do I even go? What is this? what are all the differences and the nuances between each of them? How do I recognize what is going to work for me versus, um, not. So yeah, I'm excited. I think it's always, it is a big question mark and it is a little bit confusing sometimes. Well, and I think too, it's, it's interesting because I've been talking about protein so much lately because we have our holistic perimenopause and menopause coach certification. We're on our second round, which is really, really fun. And, you know, one of the biggest things is women need to be getting enough protein and it's Mm -hmm. really challenging to get protein in a lot of times with our current lifestyle, our current responsibilities, eating on the go, all of those things. Right. So having a protein powder is really something that I think everyone should have in their toolkit, but it can't be a supplement. It's a supplement. It can't be a replacement. I should say for making sure you're getting most of your proteins from a real whole food diet right? Like that's the whole thing. Protein powder is a supplement and supplements are there to supplement, not substitute for a real whole food diet. So we still want to be getting as much of our protein as possible from those sources. And then we have, you know, a protein powder as kind of our go-to to bump it up if we need more protein. Or if you, again, if it's something that you're on the go, um, I always have, I have a variety of protein powders, actually. I don't like to always stick to just one because like anything, right? everything has a different profile. So you're going to get different vitamins and minerals and different balances from different protein powders. And what I mean by that is not necessarily different protein brands, but different protein, um, protein powder sources, because we're going to talk about 10 today. So there's, you can get protein powders of all different, from all different places. It's crazy. Yeah. So all those questions you've been having, you're going to get the answers today, definitely to help you just decide which one is best for you. Because and again, it's like protein powders. I have, I always have a couple of different ones. I have two different, I have like a 
like a vegetarian, like a vegan vegetarian one. And then I have like an animal-based one. And then I have different flavor profiles because again, it's also, you don't want to just have the same thing over and over again, because sometimes it can get really boring. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Before we dive into the actual protein powders, just a couple of things. So let's just talk about protein amounts. So when it comes to protein in a day, a woman wants anywhere. Now, again, these are very broad baseline recommendations. Like essentially I always think of the recommendations. These are the minimum requirements for women is that you want to have 0.8 kilograms, uh, sorry, 0.8 grams per kilogram. So that's not very much. So where we live, we do pounds. Okay. So 0.8 grams per kilogram is basically 0.36 grams per pound. So if right. you think you're a hundred pounds, then you would have bare minimum would be 36 grams of protein. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's very low, right? If you think even with protein powder, you know, a serving of protein powder is typically between 20 to 30 grams of protein. So yeah. that would be your protein for the entire day. Now that is your minimal requirements. Now, ideally, uh, again, I shouldn't say ideally because every single human is different and we all have different requirements, which is why we teach how to calculate macros in our certification. So you can figure out what it is based on your body and your goals and all of that good stuff. But another kind of, you know, I would say then rule of thumb would be getting 0.8 to one grams per pound of body weight. Now, this is where things get a little funky for some people when you say that, because if somebody has weight that they need to lose or want to lose, then you would do it based on your ideal body weight. So say that you weighed 200 pounds and your ideal body weight was 150 pounds, then you would have 150 grams of protein would be your goal. Okay. So again, this is different per person. You got to see how you feel working with a coach is amazing. Working with a natural pra uh, practitioner too, but for women, protein is so important because number one, as we age, we lose muscle mass very rapidly. And our muscle mass is one of the most important things for our body to keep our metabolism going, to make sure that our bones are staying healthy. And just for our overall health, like as we age, it declines so quickly that if we're not supporting that with protein, which protein is the building blocks of muscle. And then also, of course, doing activities that are strength training and all that stuff to activate those muscles. It's it's can be a very quick decline for us. And we don't want that. So we need to be getting enough protein from our diet to support our muscles, right? Cause if not, our body needs to get energy from something and it likes to break things down. Usually breaking down fat is not its favorite way to do it. So it breaks <laughs> down muscle. We can lose muscle mass very easily if we're not supporting it. So mm -hmm. those are kind of the numbers. If you're thinking how much protein do I need? And then it's really, really important that we are getting that protein. So I actually, this year have been since January 1st on an intentional, uh, like quest. Cause I always eat complete and three, right. Protein, fiber, and fat, but to yeah. get in 150 grams a day, because I found my protein intake was really slipping. So I right. have been very conscious of it again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it can be a challenge to get in 150 grams a day. So again, well, why adding a protein powder is just a really easy way to boost that up. I was going to say, especially if you're using all natural, like if you're trying to do it all through whole foods, it can be really hard. I know, you know, I've been put on um, meal plans and things like that, where they were like, oh, six times a day, eat chicken and stuff. And I'm like, I cannot, you're like, I that can't eat any more chicken. Much. That is way too much. Right. Whereas if it's like supplementing, 
two of those meals with a protein powder, as opposed to having to have six meals. It's like, I can have four meals and then a protein drink that works. Right. So it's finding, it's finding like the, it's almost like finding the roadmap that works best for you. Right. You have to try to figure out once you know the number, then figure out what does that actually look like? Because I think you'll all also be very surprised when you look at it and you actually look at the number that you want to hit versus how much you're actually eating. I feel like mm-hmm. that's such a huge eye-opening moment for most people to see like, oh my gosh, I'm only getting like 50 grams of protein a day. And I should be, my ideal would be 150, right? I think that that happens more times than not. I feel like there's not oftentimes that people are like, oh, I've surpassed my protein intake every day and I'm constantly eating protein. It's usually on the lesser side. And we think that we're eating a lot more than we actually are. Well, and it's so true. And this is something that, you know, in our certifications, one of the part of the nutrition assignment the first thing is to do a food record with your clients, right? To get an idea, because you can't change what you don't know. And every student is always so shocked when they are looking at their current landscape of either where their clients are eating or what they're eating, what their actual protein intake is. Because they're Mm -hmm. like, I thought I was eating a lot more protein than I was. Now, again, this, there's a lot, there is not one perfect, I'm not saying everyone should hit 150 grams or because again, we're so unique and different. And also people respond different to different dietary styles and strategies and things like that. But I always think it's really fascinating to do that. So if you're curious, just track yourself for three to five days and be like, how much protein am I currently eating? No judgment, no, whatever. Just if I didn't change a single thing right now, where would I be at on that list? And then we could look at ways to increase it. So Mm -hmm. let's dive in then to demystifying some protein powders. So the reason we wanted to talk about these again, is just to help to bring some understanding to what are the different types, what are the definitions of them? And then what are some considerations? Because this is a question I get asked a lot. Is this a good protein powder? And my answer is always maybe (laughs) because (laughs) what is good for someone's digestion might not be good for others for someone's way that they eat. Their beliefs might not work for others. Right? So If we break this down, hopefully it will give you a starting point. And secondly, if you are already using a protein powder, maybe had a bad experience, you'll be able to switch to something else or know there's other options out there. And if you're a coach, this is a really helpful podcast too, for your clients, because they will be asking you, what is a good protein powder? Exactly. Okay. So so let's start off with the first one, Amanda, take it away. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we should start off with the first one, which is whey protein, which I feel like it's probably the most popular, like the one that you hear about the most, the one that you see the most in like health food stores and things like that is whey protein. So whey protein is essentially a byproduct of, um, cheese production. So it's a complete protein, meaning it contains all essential amino acids. I always think of when I think of whey, I always think of that nursery rhyme, like little miss Muffet sat on a tuffet eating her curds and whey. And I always just think, what is that? So cheese production, when you separate it, right, there's the cheese curd that we eat. And then there's all this byproduct that's whey that's just basically pure protein. And that's what gets turned into the protein powder, which is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And the thing that's really great, though, about whey protein is that it's known to be quickly absorbed in the body. So it's a really good protein if you're using it for like post-workout recovery, um, because the body is going to take it in and absorb it really, really quickly, as opposed to other ones that are a little bit more slow digesting, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, and whey protein of course comes in different forms, right? So, 
Um, you can have whey isolate, which is a higher protein content with minimal fats and carbohydrates. And then you have a whey concentrate, which contains more fats and carbs. So depending on what you're looking for, like I always think of it like an isolate would be if I'm just looking post-workout for a protein boost, or if I'm looking to increase my protein only, whereas the other would be more like the concentrate would be more if it's, I'm using it as like a meal, not a meal replacement, but if it's like I'm on the road and I need, I'm going to have a protein shake and I haven't had lunch yet or something, I would have that because then it's going to have a little bit more of the complete and three breakdown as opposed to the isolate would. Yeah. And the thing that's interesting too, is that some people have no issues with a way isolate and they have it mm -hmm. with a concentrate or vice versa. They don't have any issues with a concentrate, but they have it with an isolate. I don't know if I said that, but either way, vice versa. So yeah. it's interesting too, because you really have to listen to your bodies when you are taking a protein powder. Cause again, you might have some, you could be totally fine on other, you're bloated, you're gassy, you know, you don't feel well. Yeah. Uh, but someone who should really avoid taking away protein is someone who is lactose intolerant. Cause of course it's from a milk product. Mm -hmm. Um, and also of course, if you are vegan, so any of these animal based proteins, you would not be having if you are on a vegan diet or if your clients are vegan. Um, mm -hmm. however, if you're on a vegetarian diet, if you're a lacto vegetarian, then a lot of times whey protein will still be something that could be on, um, your plan. Mm -hmm. and That's I true. personally like whey is my number one go-to. I find I have the least problems with whey. Me too. It's actually, it's one of my favorites, that one and a uh, pea protein, but we'll talk about those. After. Oh, not for me. I'll I know you it, what works, it works great for me. Oh. <laughs> my tummy does not like the pea protein. Yeah. So that is the, that is sort of like whey protein in a nutshell. Now we're going to go through each of the proteins just in like a quick overview, just to give you a glance at like what it is, what's included, how it works and who should avoid or take it. So the next one is uh, casein protein. So casein is another protein found in milk. Um, this constituting about 80% of its protein content. So it's like a very heavy dairy based protein, but this one is a very slow digesting protein. So because it's a slow digesting protein, it's often recommended to use it for bedtime, um, to provide like a sustainable release of amino acids through the night. So it's one of those ones where you want to take it when you know that you, like, if you're not doing intermittent fasting or anything like that, that you want to take so that it's going to fill you up and it's going to slowly digest and be broken down by your body. Um, over a longer period of time, as opposed to, again, the whey protein, that's just like a quick, like your body's going to absorb it and bring it in really quickly to your body. Now, and a lot of people too, will take casein protein if they're trying to bulk up. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's why a lot of women too, it's usually higher in calories. It's more dense. Um, so a lot of times with women too, they'll usually go for the whey protein, even if they're trying to build muscle, it's still as effective, but casein is found a lot more. Also, again, you might not have an issue with whey, but in food sensitivity testing with casein as the other protein in milk, right? Or milk dairy products, you could have a major issue with casein and not with whey. So some people think, oh, I use whey protein. I'm not going to have any digestive issues or bloating or diarrhea or constipation or whatever it is. If I take that because I have no problems with whey and then with casein, they they it does not agree with them at all. So it is something that you definitely do want to see how your body's feeling with either one of them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, casein is usually like you take it. Yeah, don't bed. go out and buy like the the Costco massive, like <laughs> the, yeah. the huge, huge one of any of these proteins. Like if anything, our recommendation, if especially if you're trying a new one is look for like whether they have samples, maybe on their site, they have free samples. Mm -hmm. So I would check those out 
or go into a health food store, ask if they have any samples or even just the smallest amount that you can purchase to test before you invest. Because the last thing you want to do is buy like a huge, you know, one of those big bucket ones. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this is making me feel sick every single time I take yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Okay. The next one is my current favorite. Mm-hmm. So I always have whey protein, but this is my other one that I have in my cupboard right now is collagen protein. Mm-hmm. So collagen is found throughout our entire body and all of our connective tissues. It's a structural protein and it comes from, it's in bones and skin and it keeps us is what, you know, even when you get wrinkles and stuff, right? Like it's when you age, we lose collagen. Yeah. But so I've always been really into collagen also for repair. When I was pregnant, collagen was something I had a lot of, I made a lot of homemade bone broth and stuff like that, which is really high in protein. But what's cool now is that you can actually buy collagen protein powder and you can buy it. It used to just be plain, but you can buy it now in, you know, chocolate, vanilla, dark chocolate mint is when I have all of these different flavors. So Mm. it is a little bit more known for skin, joint, hair, nail repair. Um, it does have less amino acids than whey or casein. So casein or whey, you get the entire profile of essential amino acids. Essential amino acids just basically means your body cannot make them. Anything that says essential, your body can't make them. You have to get them from your diet. Mm -hmm. So pretty much all, well, most of the, um, animal-based proteins are more absorbable than the vegan-based ones. We'll talk about that in a moment, but, um, this one, I, it's missing a couple of the amino acids. I'm not hundred percent sure which ones, but so that way you do want to make sure, of course, you're balancing this with real whole food diet, but yeah. again, vegetarians, vegans, this would not be one. So if you're a vegetarian, the way in the casing might still be okay for you. If you are a lacto vegetarian, but collagen, because it is usually from either beef, it's from fish, um, chicken, and they do have an algae version. We'll be talking about that after, but, um, yeah, it is definitely something vegetarians and vegans need to avoid. Yeah. I didn't know that it was actually, um, offered as a protein powder. Now I, I always knew about like adding collagen, but I never knew that it actually came as a protein powder. So that's really cool. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next, the next one that we want to talk about too, is egg white protein. So egg white protein is derived from the whites of eggs. If you guessed, you win a point. Um, But this is a complete protein source. (laughs) And so because it's a complete protein source, it provides a high quality of protein with minimal fat and carbohydrates, right? So just like an egg would, um, eggs are known to be higher protein, very, very low in terms of fat and basically zero carbs. So it's suitable for someone who has um, lactose intolerance though, because this is a protein that doesn't actually have any dairy. So it is a dairy-free protein, but it is obviously not good for anyone who has egg allergies or who are vegetarian or vegan. Um, some vegetarians, yes, but most, um, vegetarians and of course, vegans, egg white protein would not work because it is actually derived directly from eggs. Well, and the thing with egg white protein too, is I've tried it a couple of times and it can be a little funky, but again, that's my personal opinion, but I've had clients and students who have said, Hey, I can't do the whey or the casein because of the lactose, can I try something else? And they love egg white protein. But the thing we have to remember too, is these are concentrated forms of protein. So it can be very hard on our digestion. I keep saying about gas and bloating. That's usually the top symptoms that people have if they're introducing something new, that's super concentrated. So Mm -hmm. you can always start with a lower amount too. And like Amanda said, 
go for the sample packs, not buying the whole thing, not just for the digestion issues, but also for the taste. Like there's so many of them that are terrible. <laughs> and then you buy the, I, I have one. Someone sent me a big tub and I'm like, so bad. Yeah. It tastes like chalk. Anyways. Yeah. No, some of them are not, some of them are not delicious. Um, I agree with that. I've never tried the egg white protein though. I yeah. just, I, I just have never thing- tried it. I don't know why I've never even been like, I never even really thought to try it. Cause I always kind of stick with whey and I stick with the pea protein. Cause I know that they work for my body, but so it's kind of like, once you find the ones that work for you and that you like, you kind of stick to them. I find, yeah. but it, I am going to try the collagen one. For but sure. I also think what's interesting too, is it depends on what you're using your protein powder for, right? If it's for a smoothie, that's totally different than if you're using it to do in baking. Now, some proteins, okay. there is some, you know, stuff out there that it's not good to heat your protein powder and things like that. There are some mixed opinions on that, but some of them are used more in baking or in overnight oats or, you know what I mean? Like adding them to different things and they taste better than others. So, um, that's kind of two thinking about what you're using your protein powder for. I feel like egg white protein might be good for baking. I don't know. Have you ever tried it for baking? I haven't. It'd be interesting to try it for baking just because if you're usually adding egg to some baking, if you try the egg white protein, Hmm. I'm going to have to test. I will report back everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last one is bone broth protein that we're going to talk about today. Now there are still some more other proteins, but this one became really popular with the paleo kind of, um, I wouldn't say trend because paleo is still, to me is one of the best kind of diets. If you're looking to kind of start off following something, um, but bone broth, I absolutely love bone broth, but I make my own in the instant pot. But this is made by dehydrating and concentrating bone broth. So again, usually it's from chicken or beef bones and it contains a whole mix of things. So unlike the collagen protein powder, which is just the collagen, the bone brief broth protein contains the collagen, also minerals and amino acids that you're not necessarily going to get from just the collagen, but it's really great too, for gut health and joint support, just like the collagen. Um, I, they have flavors like chocolate bone broth as well. It sounds gross, but it's quite delicious. I actually like drinking it as hot chocolate. You know, but, see, um, so funny. we were both sent a bunch of this, um, this bone broth protein butter. And I haven't, Laura always laughs at me because I haven't tried it yet. And I've had it for a while now for like about a month. And I just, I'm so weird about like trying things. And I think it's just the name bone broth. Like it well, just, yeah, you think it's going to so taste like, like chicken soup. Yeah. I feel like it just sounds so gross. Oh, I, I am. Gonna, I am. You know, I'm going to commit to trying it today. I'm going to just do that <laughs> again, reporting back next week with all of my findings on protein matters. <laughs> so before we move on to the vegan options, so these are just five. These are our kind of top five that are really popular right now. And we're getting a lot of questions about, but just always remember when you are picking an animal-based protein, do your research. There's a lot of stuff that is really cheaply made. You know, there's a lot of stuff with additives in it, like a lot of fake sugars. Um, make sure you're check reading your labels about, is this a protein powder that's in line with your goals? So some will be low in carbohydrates. Some will be higher in carbohydrates. So if that's something you're looking to balance out, if you just want to get it for the protein, not the carbohydrates as well, make sure you're reading those labels, get ones that are not full of fake sugars, like aspartame, Um, and a lot of these two will have, again, those different flavors, but they'll have a natural version as well. So you can flavor it in your smoothie with your own fruit or, um, you know, whatever it is. I, I add cocoa powder in to my smoothies sometimes. So just make sure you know the sources though, too, because some of, 
cheaper, or I should say too, more expensive does not mean better. Yeah. But there's a lot of cheaply made huge tubs at Costco and things like that, that might not be the best investment for your goals. So if you are going to get a protein powder, I say, spend a little bit more, find, do, do some research, read your labels, and then use it as it's intended, which is a supplement, not just to, you know, have hordes of it every single day. Yeah. And of course, just as a reminder, I mean, this goes without saying, but it is essential for you to consult with a health healthcare professional or a registered dietitian before you incorporate any protein powders to your diet, especially if you have like allergies, dietary restrictions, or specific health conditions. So just keep that in mind. Um, that is you... our disclaimer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> before we get into the, now our vegan protein options. So it's funny because we just had, so I just had a class in, in, um, our holistic menopause certification and the questions were around protein powder. And they were saying, have you tried any vegan protein powders that taste really good? And I was like, I haven't, and I'm not trying, I know there's so many options out there and I'm still open to trying new ones, but I have not found one that tastes really, really good that I, it's not somewhat chalky or disrupts my, my tummy. Oh my gosh. I have to disagree. Um, I have, I have one protein. It's actually a hemp protein that I love and it's, it's so good. I'm not going to say the the brand. I mean, I can, it's, um, called hemp. Yeah. <laughs> it's by Manitoba harvest. And I really like it for the hemp protein. Manitoba harvest shout out to our Canadians. They, we, we have kind of been crossing paths with them for so long. Yeah. I remember being, yeah, so they, sent me, they sent me a bunch of it to try. And I just really, um, I really like it. Like it's so good. It's so smooth. It's really nice. So not affiliated. <laughs> I'm not in any way going to benefit from this. I'm just sharing that if anyone is interested in trying like a hemp protein, it's really good, but interesting. Well, let's start enough. with that one though. That's on our list. Hemp protein. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hemp is basically a protein is made from hemp seeds, right? Um, and it's a good source of omega-3 fatty acids. Hemp protein contains fiber, healthy fats, a variety of minerals. It has like a little bit of a nutty flavor. I just, again, I find that the hemp protein is one that just tastes really smooth to me. It tastes really clean. It's like easy for me to digest. I haven't had any digestion issues with it. However, interestingly enough, there's a lot of people that find out that they're actually allergic to hemp without knowing that they're allergic to hemp. So this actually um, happened to my brother-in-law. He didn't realize that he had a hemp allergy because it's not common. And it, hemp has been like something that we've had in the world, but it's something like in terms of dietary supplementation and things like that is a little bit more new. And, um, so he started having it and having allergic reactions. So just again, as you know, we've been saying, like, just keep in mind, like if you're trying anything new, just see how your body's reacting and how it's feeling. Um, his was just like a mild reaction, but it actually just got worse and worse as he was using it. So, um, cause his body just couldn't handle the load. So, um, just keep that in mind, but yeah, hemp protein, for the well, win, the thing for with vegans, protein, a nice one. <laughs> it is good, but the only thing is that some considerations is that it is lower in protein than some I of these other options. That, yeah. So it is definitely like from a whey to a hemp protein is very much like and even compared to some of the pea proteins and the soy yeah. proteins that are out there, is that you know, there is you're looking at, I believe, from a serving like eleven to fourteen grams on the average for hemp protein for per serving, whereas it's 20 to 30 for, so you'd have to have a lot more, which would then mean more calories too. So again, if weight loss is your goal, um, that would not necessarily be one, if you're looking for it 
to really boost up the protein content, right? But like Amanda said, there's other benefits. Hemp seeds are a great source of omega-3 healthy fats, like fatty acids. So mm-hmm. that's a great way to get that in. And then also fiber. So if you're looking to increase your fiber content, it could be a really good one. Definitely. Um, the next one is not my favorite, pea protein. <laughs> a lot of people use pea protein in baking because it can be very dense and take on that kind of bready like consistency. But yeah. It's extracted from yellow peas and it is a complete protein, meaning that it has all of the essential amino acids. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the only thing is, is that when it comes to vegan proteins too, they typically are not, they are less inflammatory, which is interesting. So we want to always keep our, our body as least inflamed as possible. So they are less inflammatory, but they're less absorbable than the animal based proteins. So Mm -hmm usually you need to have them with other things. Um, pea protein though, for most people, not me is easily digestible and it has a texture that's similar to a lot of people, um, fine to the whey protein again, not been my experience. So I need to try some different ones. You need to just try a different brand. Maybe (laughs) one of the most popular ones, um, or a blend. Like a lot of people are doing a blend of different, uh, vegan proteins together, but pea protein is always in it. Yeah. No, but I do. I mean, I've liked the pea protein. I've had some good, like, I don't know, maybe I need to send you some of mine so you can try it. Yeah. Send it over. I'll be open to try it again. (laughs) Um, but great for vegans, obviously, and vegetarians, um, and anyone who is vegan or vegetarian, or if you have any like soy allergies, or if you're trying to avoid soy altogether, the pea protein, um, is a really great option for you. Now, speaking of soy, that's the next one on our list. We have soy protein. So soy protein is derived from soybeans and is a complete protein. Um, soy protein is versatile, commonly used in various plant-based products. It's rich in amino acids and has been associated with he- other health benefits. So soy protein is essentially like, you know, like the soybeans that you um, can eat. It's literally derived directly from that. I personally, myself, for my own diet, I try to stay away from a lot of soy so I don't, um, I haven't really tried any of the soy proteins. Have you tried any of them, Laura? So I don't know. I can't speak. No. Own- so I also, and the oh. reason is not that soy is bad. So soy is a really hot topic, right. Mm. In the nutrition world, because there's a lot of information for pro soy as a phytoestrogen, which is a food that acts as an estrogen in our body as our estrogen declines. But then mm-hmm. there is a lot of, um, against soy because it is literally in so fillers in so much of our food that we're being exposed to so much soy. And as women, it, again, it's a phytoestrogen, so it can be good for some women and not good for other women. Cause it really, there's hormonal effects that happen when we have too much soy. So to yeah. me, I always think if there's other options that I could have, right? Like if I'm a vegan and I could have pea or hemp or other stuff, I'm going to go with those instead of adding more soy into a diet, especially if you are a vegan, you're already having a lot of, you know, any vegetarian soy-based products, tempeh, tofu even, which are, you know, healthier forms of soy that it, you're probably getting enough soy. So I would not do a soy protein on top of that. And that's just that's it. That's personal. it for me. Yeah, no. And that's why I try to avoid it as well, because my, as you know, like when I was doing all of the testing and everything with Dr. Cheryl Allen, like my estrogen was so high that adding soy was just not a good option for my body. Mm-hmm. Um, being that we were trying to lower my estrogen. So we're really just trying to avoid any kind of soy products whatsoever. 
But if you are going to do any type of soy, just make sure it's organic. Again, do your research. If it's cheap soy, um, you know, you want to make sure it's GMO free. Like those are the things I would be looking for if you are going to go with the soy. And again, it depends on what season you are in life. Cause sometimes we need some more phytoestrogens to boost things up. Right. So it's Agreed. like, that's the things I take into consideration. Agreed. Okay. So right. the next is brown rice protein. So mm-hmm. this is just what it is. It's extracted from brown rice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, all the vegetables are very much like what it's titled is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's often extracted through a fermentation process. So the thing with brown rice is it's, excuse me, it's hypoallergenic. So a lot of people can digest it a lot easier. Again, that is person to person. I always say like broccoli could be a superfood for someone and it could be someone's arch nemesis. If you have IBS, right? Like there, I don't ever like to blanket state that some foods are easily digestible. And it's like, well, why is it not easily digestible for me? Well, that's just every human is different. Like their digestive system is going to take something. And that's why like for you, pea protein doesn't work. Pea protein works well for me. Well, and the other thing that's so fascinating, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but we talk about this in the holistic nutrition weight loss coach certification. We talk about gut health and our gut Mm -hmm. is full of these bugs, right? And they feed off of what we eat, but these bugs, there's all different types of them and they're based too. And they change based on what we're feeding them. And they, and they, you know, shape shift over time and different bugs are introduced and all this stuff. So if you've never had a food before, sometimes the bugs in your guts are like, what is this? And they get really, right. Yeah. And it's only because it's brand new to them. So it doesn't mean that it would be that way if you had introduced it over a period of time, but sometimes, you know, it's the same thing. I was talking to a girlfriend who says, I can't digest meat. And, um, I'd had a long conversation with Corey Rabbi, who's our instructor in that section, who's she's amazing when it comes to gut health. And a lot of times it's because of the not enough exposure to it. The, there might not be enough stomach acid, or again, the microbiome is just, it's not a microbiome digesting bug set. Do you know what I mean? So it's just interesting. So if you are going to start any of these and you do want to try them, like I said, just start slow and you might find that after a week, you're fine. Definitely. I know, but even if you think about like, even with like, um, like with babies, right? Like you don't just go from like weaning them off of like nursing or milk to like all of a sudden just introducing like here's a whole apple right like you're gonna give them you give them like little pieces of things and you slowly introduce it so that their body can absorb it which is why you're supposed to just give like small portions of little things and like different tastes of different things to help them build um that gut health so that they can start breaking things down properly and absorbing it properly as well as their body starts understanding what's happening within their guts yeah so brown rice is, it's a really popular one. There's a lot. And again, they're in a lot of blends. So pea and brown rice together. Um, but the last one we're gonna talk about, which is interesting is pretty new to the market is algae protein. Yeah. So I was saying there's also algae collagen, which I have not tried. So I, I can't really speak too much to, but it really, it's protein that's derived from algae and seaweed essentially. Yeah. Right. Have you tried this one? The algae I have not. Protein? I have I'm not, either. I, I ha- have taken spirulina and things like that, which if anyone has, you know, how nasty it is. You spirulina, you <laughs> only have a tiny amount. So I think again, I'm not opposed to taking it, but a lot of people have said it ha- does have that seaweedy fishy flavor in some, yeah. like not fishy, but you know what I mean? Like that, that, yeah. Like nori it's like, wraps, it, it, like it's sushi. A very, it's a very like specific taste. 
you yeah, can't and I love sushi and stuff like that, like a... but I just couldn't imagine having it in a, but I'm not opposed to it. So if anyone has an algae protein, you want us to try it and review it, send it over, please. Yeah. <laughs> but Report it's it's interesting though, because, you know, there is a lot though out there right now, again, of what's going on in our oceans and mm-hmm. how there is so much toxins in our oceans. So some people are very, you know, they would totally stay away from it for that. Um, right. Now, again, looking sometimes it's grown in areas like not in the ocean it's actually harvested and stuff like that so they can control the water more so look at the sources of where it's from but um that is definitely one that's new and again because it's from algae which is a plant and not a fish um you can get some collagen or protein from that too so not super popular but for sure you can find it definitely new new to the market if anyone's tried it too message us let us know what you think yeah um And then of course, considerations, you know, um, of course you want to be looking at your own allergies, your own dietary restrictions. If you're a vegan, vegetarian, et cetera, what is the best option for you? Look at the nutritional profile, as Laura mentioned, like not all are created equal, right? So really look at the amino acid profile, the additional nutrients, the carbohydrates, the calories, like look at all of the things and make sure that it aligns with what your goals are. And then the last thing, of course, when it comes to protein powders is just, it really boils down to the taste and the texture. Like, does this does it taste good? Am I going to want to continue to drink this? Is it making my smoothie really lumpy and gross? Is it too thick? Is it just whatever it's, how does it make you feel? How does it taste? And is, is it aligned with my nutritional plan? And if it is amazing. So, um, hopefully this was helpful for everyone just to kind of get an idea of different protein powders. If you're a coach, if you're a non-coach, if you're an aspiring coach, just to give you that, like, overview of all of the more popular ones, vegan, uh, vegetarian, as well as, um, non-plant-based proteins so that you can just make informed decisions for yourself or help your clients make informed decisions for them as well. Well, and, and that's one thing too. I just think that, you know, I personally am pro protein powder. Now, again, every nutrition coach can have a different opinion on stuff, but I, you know, believe in the society that we live in now, when it comes to really hitting those protein goals for women, it can be such a challenge. So as whether it be for yourself, or if you're a coach, it's really important that you do. And again, maybe you have ones you already use, but you do have some options to, and education around this, to share with your clients, what their options can be. Now, if you do have some that you love, um, also great, you know, you can send links to it and stuff like that. But, um, I always stay away from just recommending things I haven't tried myself, but then too, it really is client to client. So you have to empower them to be able to read their labels and know what's good for them and know the markers and things like that. So, um, can't wait to see you guys go out there and research some protein powders. (laughs) Yeah. Bookmark this episode. If you are a coach and you know that you get a lot of questions around protein, cause it'll just be helpful for you. You can even share it with your clients. And of course, if there's anything, anyone listening to this, and if there's any protein powders we didn't talk about that you think should be on this list, please let us know. Or if there's any brands that you love, um, we are always open to suggestions, trying things. Man, and I love trying things. Yeah. And giving reviews on them. So um, send them on over. And then for anyone who is interested in becoming a holistic nutrition weight loss coach, We have our upcoming holistic nutrition weight loss coach certification starting on March 4th. We are opening up early bird enrollment tomorrow. It opens tomorrow and it ends on what is Sunday, 20 January, the 28th. So the early bird enrollment ends on the 28th. 
So if you've been thinking about it, if you've been on the fence, this is the time there's going to be some amazing special early bird rates for that. And of course, we talk about things like protein powders and smoothies and how to coach and all of this fun stuff of how to implement this with your clients. So thank you so much, guys. This was amazing. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out.